Hi everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway! Woo! So this is the podcast where we talk about um, things about musicals and theaters and plays. And in today's episode, we will be talking about Mamma Mia! Okay, I'm so excited for this one, Claire. You have no idea (laughs) how excited I am for this and why I'm excited for this. Let's give you guys a brief synopsis. So um, before her wedding, Sophie invites three men, one of whom could be potentially her dad, to um, her island. And uh, the musical follows Sophie while she tries to figure out which one of the men is her dad before the wedding. As well as how her mother, trying to deal with all the former lovers resurfacing, reacts to all of this. So, um, what's your history with Mamma Mia, Claire? So, I have a complicated history with this because I am familiar with all the songs since I can't even remember when. But (laughs) the funny thing is, I don't even remember if I knew the songs from the musicals or just because my mom, like, played it to me or something. So, I have no idea where I got to know the songs, but I just do. And in terms of the musical itself, I never really watched it in theater. I never really seen it on Broadway or on stage. But obviously, I watched the movie, like I think most of you. And I liked the movie. It was a long time ago, so it was hard to capture what was my initial impression of the movie was. Mm -hmm. But from what I can remember, I think I enjoyed it, uh, mostly just because, first of all, I really like Grease. And (laughs) you know how, like, in the movie, it's crazy, crazy beautiful. Um, They show you, like, all parts of Grease that is just pretty as heck, like, those, like, blue islands, sorry, Mm -hmm. blue oceans and, like, the white um, buildings and everything that is just fit into my stereotypical image of what Grease would look like. Uh Um, So I really liked it. And obviously the music is something that I kind of grew up with. So that definitely adds points to it. But okay, so I watched it again (laughs) to prepare for this episode. And Mm -hmm. I feel like my feelings toward the movie kind of slightly changed. Could be because now I'm viewing it from maybe like an older perspective. So like, before I used to put myself in Sophie's shoes and that is kind of how I swing in and I'm like okay this is how I would imagine it would feel if I were Sophie but now not saying that I'm like super old but I feel like I try to put myself in Donna's shoes sometimes and Mm -hmm. that changed how I see the entire musical or like the entire story a little bit differently and I will go on to explain how and why I guess in the songs that are coming up but yeah for now like overall really liked it I think this is one of the musicals that I really am familiar with almost every single song um <laughs> and that is definitely a just you know like, it's, it's a good sing-along during a road trip or something so like most of the Mamma Mia songs are in my road trip playlist mm-hmm. and I generally enjoy listening to them whenever I'm feeling like having a good time so yeah it's like really one of the musicals I just generally enjoy whenever wherever I watch it mm-hmm. for sure yeah this musical has like such a wide reach to like literally everybody like not only was it was it like a huge success on Broadway it got translated to so many different languages and like got promoted in so many different countries the movie that um, was based on it was also like a huge success so my background um from Mia so as I just mentioned I don't think I grew up listening to it much but I 
encountered the movie in like the best way possible. So um, when it came out, it was like 2008 or something. And I was in middle school and my friend had a sleepover party for her birthday. And the next day after the sleepover, we all went to see the movie in theater together, instantly fall in love with it and all together. It, it was magical. It was a lot of fun. In terms of like the Maomiya success, something that I want to note, so if you guys remember the first episode we put up was Waitress, and Waitress made history for having like the four main leads in the production, or the, sorry, the creation, to be female leads, and uh, Maomiya came very close to doing that. It had the first three main roles in the production be female leads, and then one of them was male lead, it was for choreography. So um, Maomiya not only was a success, but it was a woman-led success. All right, so let's dive right into it. So we start with the overture slash prologue, and uh, half of it is kind of like black stage, you don't see anything, and then you hear I have a dream starting, and we see Sophie sending three letters to Sam, Bill, and Harry. I have a dream comes up again in the end of the musical, so I think we can just go straight to Honey Honey if that's okay. So after I have a dream finishes, we cut to the docks. We see two girls show up to the island, and they are Sophie's bridesmaid. And we learn that Sophie is about to get married to her fiancé, Skye. I really like that name, but (laughs) I think Skye is a really good name. Um, (laughs) Sophie tells them about, like, the letters she sent. She sent a letter to three men, one of which could be her dad. And she figures this out by reading her mother's diary from the year she was born. So um, she sings Honey Honey, narrating what her mom wrote in her diary about the men who could be her dads. And she starts off by singing about Sam, who is potential dad number one, um, who was engaged at the time of meeting her mom and left afterwards to get married to his fiance. And then she continues singing about Bill, potential uh, dad number two, and finally sings about Harry, dad number three. In the end of the song, we also learned that Sophie wants to keep this information from her mom, Donna, because she wants to get to know them first, and she thinks that she'll know which one is her dad straight away. So what do you think about Honey Honey? So music white, I really like it. It's like what <laughs> it's really cute and just the melody itself is very catchy. This could be speaking from the bias perspective because like I said, I'm very familiar with a lot of the songs and this being one of them. I feel like makes me a very biased person when I say that this is a very catchy song. But yeah, okay. So right off from this song, like I am questioning a lot of things already. So first of all, Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure about reading your mom's diary and sharing it with your friends. So that, I know, I know what a violation to privacy. So imagine (laughs) if you're a teenager and your mom discovered your personal diary and then she shared it with her friends. Like, how would you feel? Right. So I feel like that was actually not a very great move. If I were Donna, I'll be pretty upset, to be yeah. honest. And not to mention that she decided to act on it on her own without telling Donna in the first place. So what if 
they actually end up on a bad term. So like it was a horrible breakup and Donna would never want to see them again. Like even though that was 20 years ago, but I feel like it, this is very personal. Mm. It's her mom's history. So like it's very rude in my opinion to do that without consulting her mom first. But I feel like Sophie in the movie and in the musical, I guess, like is portrayed as a very happy, very bright and very kind person. And that makes the audience likes her very much. And for me, especially, too, I didn't really question her action and decision when mm-hmm. I watched it. And throughout so many years, I never really think too deeply about what this could potentially mean to mm-hmm. Donna until I rewatched the movie and the musical again to prep for this episode. Mm-hmm. And it is only until then that I realized that if Donna reacted very differently, I would understand her because it's really rude and it's very not considerate. And in a way, I understand it because Sophie in the show was like, what, like 20 years old and she's yeah. already getting married and living on an island. I feel like maybe there is very limited exposure to like interactions with other people. So like maybe there is limited experience to be mature enough to consider all these stuff but at the same time you're 20 it's not like you're 15 right so I still feel like no matter what the reason could be like the character of Sophie is very questionable now that Mm -hmm. I watch it again um so that's one thing but aside from that like I said the music itself is really good especially in the movie this whole song like it's pretty much just the three friends running around on the island and reading off the diary um Mm -hmm. and that already gives you a very good picture of like what the island looked like and what the surrounding environment looked like and obviously without much saying it is absolutely amazing and beautiful when I'm watching the movie I'm not really paying too much attention (laughs) on the actual lyrics itself but more on like just the surrounding and the visuals so I feel like maybe that is why most people would not think too much of Uh Sophie's actions but I don't know maybe you guys do so let me know okay so I have a question actually that is not regarding this so um for those of you who don't know I don't know if Claire wants it to get out but Claire travels a lot she's she's very she has seen the world um have you ever been to Greece no I haven't it is on my list (laughs) <laughs> after COVID <laughs> after COVID yes. yes yeah it looks absolutely beautiful and seeing one of the tons of islands they have makes you want to travel there so much it looks so serene in terms of Sophie as a character obviously like I agree with you what she does is uh is not considerate it is very childish but I think the show also does a pretty good job on exposing this and hearkening on this so like she gets people who are upset with her decision several times in the show not only through Dawn but through her fiance Sky, and a lot of people have kind of brought up that this is not something that you should do to your loved ones and it's a very immature decision and the fact that they always constantly um, talk about how young she is I mean she is only 20 highlighting the fact that she is immature that she shouldn't be making huge life decisions as she does and that there are consequences to what she does and the reason why we don't overly think about it is because a everything like happens for the better in the end and b they resolve it so I think that's why like you can kind of brush it aside when you watch it the first times in terms of the song honey honey I I really like it I think it is really catchy so let's just say, it's, for preparing for this, we watched both the 2008 movie and we also watched the Broadway production um, in two, 2012. And I like the movie better. 
Me too. I, I like the movie better. I like the movie a lot better. And that could be just because like I grew up with it and it's it's a very feel-good one. But I, I like the acting and I like the singing there. And for those, oh, I think we didn't mention it, but this is like the first jukebox musicals we're covering. So a jukebox musical is like taking the discography of an established artist or artist group in this case. Um, in this case, it's ABBA and making kind of like a musical with a, pl- with a plot around the already established musical numbers that existed like as pop songs. All right. So from that, we cut to the docks again. We see two women, Rosie and Tanya, come to the island, and they're Donna's friends and backup members of her band, Donna and the Dynamos. So um, Donna is Sophie's mom, and her two friends came for Sophie's wedding specifically. Um, and then we also see Sophie and Skye, um, and as we mentioned, Sky is Sophie's fiancé, and they came to greet the friends as well. Nothing really much happens in this scene besides the fact that we see more of the island. And we see that Donna really needs all the help she can get because her taverna is falling apart and she needs the money to fix it. And Donna talks about like trying to make the taverna more attractive to tourists and laments all the hard work and few rewards that she comes uh, that comes with like managing the taverna in money, money, money. I just want to say that this sequence really fleshes out everybody in terms of costuming. So when Rosie and Tanya arrived to the island, we see like they gave Tanya like Louis Vuitton luggage and they made her like dress very expensively. So you get to see that she's supposed to be like rich in a tinsy bit of a gold digger. And they gave Rosie like flowy clothing with crazy patterns. To show that she's more like free spirited or like independent thinking. And then they gave Donna dungarees to show that she's like salt of the earth working class. And I think they did a really good job dressing them in different ways to show their different personalities. And I really like that. And in the song, I think when she says like, I just need a little bit of money and I can live a totally different life. And then the, um, in the movie, especially they shoot montages of like they going on a ship or like going to spa and like enjoying the very upper class life. And mm-hmm. I was thinking like, yo, that's more than just a little bit of money that you're asking for. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's interesting in that way. And also, I just feel really bad for Donna. I used to put myself more in Sophie's shoes mm-hmm. and and that's because we were closer in age. So in a way I can understand her better. But now that I feel like I'm looking at with um like hopefully a more mature lens, I do emphasize with Donna a lot more just because even the scene is really brief and uh-huh. it just shows you like the hotel is falling apart, how much work Donna has to take all these years to be able to support Sophie and herself um, Mm -hmm. to be able to run a hotel on an island like this is very remote. It does have a lot of responsibility and obviously a lot of hot work that needs to be put into it. It, So in that regard, I really feel bad almost that she has to do all these um, by herself. And later on in the musical, we see that Donna telling Sophie that her own mother disowned her when she was pregnant with Sophie. So that means that she has pretty much no support from her family, both emotionally Mm -hmm. and financially, of course. So all these was built based on the very little money that she was left with when she came over to the island. And I think it's really impressive. And that motherhood obviously was demonstrated in the musical but it's something that is easily overlooked just because obviously Sophie is a very big and important character in this musical and a lot of things that we see in the musical we see us through Sophie's eyes most Mm -hmm. most of the time and when we do turn attention over to Donna like 
is most of the time related to her past with Sam or like with her other love interests in the past. So we don't really spend all that much time thinking about how much hard work it will require for her to be able to raise a child on her own in a country that she didn't even know anybody. So that side of the story is what really moved me, I guess. And I, it's weird to say that I got all that from just the song alone. Obviously not. Like it's a combination of like what we learn later on in the musical as well. Right. But I do feel like just based on the song itself, like it's yeah. very fun. It's very energetic, and it's a very chill song to listen to.、Um, but that message behind the song is really realistic, and it makes me emphasize with the character a lot more. A hundred percent. In terms of like Donna, definitely she's amazing. She's like a superheroine in order to like do what she does, and I think that is something that is really empowering in the movie. We find out later in the musical that the reason why Sophie is named Sophie is because she's named after、um, Bill's relative, whose name was Sophia, and Sophia left Donna a lot of money because Donna spent a lot of time with her. So we see that like she is such a She is like very practical, but she's also incredibly kind to everybody,、um, and I think that's really admirable about her. In terms of like money, 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 I think it's a really entertaining song. I I like it a lot. It's very very catchy. Um, it is definitely a bop. Like I would definitely listen to it occasionally, just like for the hell of it, just for listening to it without the context of the musical. All right. Yeah, maybe we should put a blanket statement. At least for me, I'm guessing it's very similar to you. I liked pretty much every single song in this musical.、Um, in the movie, they had a song that I was like a bit mad about. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like love it. So I feel like I would be very repetitive, just showering praise at every single musical number. I don't know if it will be the same for you, but we can talk about like what we think about the characters yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it will be quite similar.、Um, I'll say like. Maybe some some of the songs I didn't appreciate as much, just because based on the movie alone, like it's not that pleasant to listen to. But we'll get into them. <laughs> okay, you mean the singing quality, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know which one. <laughs> we will get to them. All right, all、um, good. Okay, so we continue with、um, afterwards. Zambel and Harry arriving to the island, and they're making their way to the taverna. And so Sophie、uh, comes out of the taverna and finds her three dads there. And the three dads recount what brought them to the island 21 years ago originally, and how different they were from their current selves then. Harry, who is kind of like the most prim and proper out of them, reveals that he used to be like a musician with a really wild side. He starts playing "Thank You for the Music" when he finds a guitar, and、uh, Sophie joins them in the first verse, revealing revealing who she is. And all of them were under the impression that Donna invited them, and either find out they, they, that she didn't, that Sophie faked that Donna invited them. So、um, Sophie kind of like pleads with them to stay without letting her mom know, and we find out、um, that Donna banned Sam from seeing her again when they were last together.、Um, but even Sam finally acquiesces, and he stays as well. So、um, out of the three, in my opinion, I saw that like Sam seemed to be the most attached to Donna. Harry seemed to be the most most like attached to Sophie, and Bill is kind of like chilling. He's like in the middle, I guess. He's like going with the flow, I guess. <laughs> so what did you think about "Thank You for the Music"? I appreciate this performance because it highlights that instant connection Sophie feels with the three men, and it's also used as an opportunity for comedy, kind of because we see Sam surprised that everyone seems to know the song. 
<laughs> and uh, maybe that's a joke about uh, the musicals in general or like to to highlight the fact that um, ABBA is very famous and well known and their music is very catchy. I'm actually very curious like why they left this out in the film just because I feel like it will be a good replacement of Our Last Summer. Our Last Summer in the musical is a duet like share between I think Harry or Bill and Harry. Donna. Harry, Harry and Donna you're right. Yeah. Um, but in in the movie, it's actually the three men and Sophie. So mm-hmm. that is one of the main differences between the movie and the musical. And I feel like this song served that purpose of our last summer in the movie, which is that connection that we can feel between Sophie and the three guys. Mm-hmm. I kind of would have liked it if they included in the film, but at the same time, I also understand it because that means that we have to listen to Sam singing. And I really didn't like his singing. Wait, in the and musical or in the movie? In the movie, in the movie. Okay, okay. I was like, I thought he was good in the musical, but yeah. Oh, his the I musical think... Sam was pretty good. But the movie, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. The movie, I think his name is Pierce Brosnahan. Oh my god, people don't kill me if I get this wrong. But I think he was uh, James Bond as well. Yeah, yeah, I think he is, yeah. I don't hate him as an actor, but I'm just saying that I'm not one of those people who appreciate his singing as much, I guess. And I know there's people who do, but I'm just not one of them. There are people who so, do. I've only heard people dunking on his singing, to be honest. I mean, I've seen people commenting on YouTube and saying that, oh, his voice actually sound okay or whatever. But um, I guess music is a very different things to different people. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yes, this this one doesn't exist in the in the movie, so we only get to see the like musical version with a non-terrible Sam for a singer. So yeah, I think it's a very sweet song to be honest. I like it a lot, and it's also relatively catchy despite not being very upbeat because it's it's sweet and it's sincere. It is something that unites Sophie with all three of her dads. Um, even though each of her dads get like another musical duet with somebody, sometimes it's Sophie, sometimes it's Donna, um, we don't see them all singing together. And they seem to have like a good relationship with each other. There's no like, they're not adversarial towards each other, which is really nice. They're all very chill, chill, very supportive, um, which I really appreciate. All right. So um, after the song, Donna immediately appears in the area and she learns about the three men coming to the island and we see her anguished reaction to their arrival in Mamma Mia. In my opinion, Mamma Mia seemed to be mainly directed towards Sam, which is something that will come up again and again. But what do you think about Mamma Mia? Yes, finally this song. Like, this is the song, obviously, just because this musical is called Mamma Mia. Um, I, I absolutely love the song. It's one of the catchiest songs. I feel like everybody should at least have heard it once or twice in their life, I feel like. If you don't, then you're missing out much. So go ahead and listen to it. You won't regret it. To be honest, 
I enjoy this song in the movie a lot, um, mm-hmm. but not as much in the musical version. But mm-hmm. like I said, I never really seen it on stage in the theater myself. So it could be just that one performance. Like maybe if it's a different production, then I would have enjoyed it more. I have no idea. But it just based on the version I watched, mm-hmm. I definitely prefer the movie version. Um, yes. In the movie, like Donna kind of found out about the Spring Man's arrival by accident. But in the musical here, like she was greeted by Harry and Bill. And she seemed pretty happy to see, see them. Mm-hmm. But then when she sees Sam, she started singing the song. And yeah. I do agree with you. I feel like this song is very targeted towards Sam. And it's one of those little details that kind of tells you that Sam is her main love interest. Yeah, so I personally really, really, really like Mamma Mia. As you mentioned, it is the title of the musical. It has a lot of big expectations on it. Very fun song. It has, like, emotional attachment to it in terms of, like, you get to see both acting, you get to see both singing. I think it's a it's a difficult number to sing. And the fact that you have to act through it is um, also making it a lot more difficult. Yeah. And I think... Meryl Streep, despite not being an actress, uh, sorry, actress, obviously she's an actress, despite not being like <laughs> necessarily a great singer, she definitely improves a lot and she tries a lot and I think she makes it work, um, especially by acting through it. Uh, the stage version that we watched, I liked her singing fine. I don't think she was like necessarily all that amazing, but she was very good. I definitely can see her on like other productions of Broadway. Um, so I don't think she was bad. I just liked the Meryl Streep version more I guess Um, yeah for sure and the other thing is that I feel like I have a very heavy tendency to like the thing when I um with my first exposure to it so if I watch the movie first and then I watch something else later then I feel like I would still have a very strong preference to the first thing that I watched yeah and maybe that is part of the reason why you hear me saying that I really like the movie but like not so much in the musical and uh-huh. obviously there are parts I appreciate in the musical more than I do in the movie but <laughs> it's just <Sam's> in general <laughs> yes but <laughs> in general I feel like that is the overall tendency but that is just me personally no I 100% agree with you and that's an excellent point because I also have the same tendency and yeah it definitely echoes with me as well so it's no diss at the movie it's a musical story like the musical actors did a fantastic job as well it just that we have an emotional attachment to the movie I think so um after Mamma Mia Donna flees and we cut to Rosie and Tanya reflecting on marriage as a whole. We learned a little bit more about Rosie and Tanya. So Rosie never married, while well, Tanya married, like, a lot. So um, while in Donna's room, they kind of, like, rummage through her stuff, and they find old uh, band's outfit. So as we mentioned before, they were all part of a band together. And they kind of decide to do an impromptu musical number for Sophie's bachelorette party, which is happening that night. So um, Donna walks in distressed about what just happened and is crushed. And Rosie and Tanya try to cheer her up with the song Chiquitita. And um, Donna also fesses up that Sophie has three potential dads who are all on the island right now, even though she only told Rosie and Tanya about Sam. So what did you think about Chiquitita? I really like the song, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, and this song, I actually prefer the musical version. I like the way that these three friends supported each other, even when they are mm, older, I guess. And it's that kind of friendship that really makes me 
even jealous a little bit, I guess, but mm-hmm. really also appreciate just the fact that it's so strong too. And even all after all these years that they're still there supportive of each other, it's really nice. And one of the things that is really relatable to um, in a movie, this is, is when Donna was really stressed, she ran into the toilet and then Tanya and Rosie, they also went into the washroom to check on her. So yeah. I feel like it's very relatable because you know how like girls always like to go to the washroom together? And this is known for one of the places that girls like talk and share their deepest secrets with each other. So I feel like that is really cute. It almost kind of brings them back to their teenage years. And even if they're like mothers or they have been through divorces or whatever, like deep down they're still like the girls that they were before and they still support each other in the same way they did before. So that's really nice. And it's really cute too. Very heartwarming. And the song itself, it's very nice musically as well. I feel like it's very, it almost reminds me of that song in um, The Waitress where they kind of just support each other. In, um, A Soft in, Place to Land? Yes. That's, the, that's the song. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't know. I really like it. Um, there's really not much else to say except that I generally just really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely liked um, the song in and of itself. I don't know if I had a preference between the musical and the movie. I thought they were both very well done. I enjoyed the voices of both the actors and both versions. Um, I just like the concept a lot. So like, you know, I think we all always talk about how much we like seeing like female friendships in um, musicals whenever they come up. And this one is no exception. Seeing all the friendship here is so beautiful and so heartwarming. Obviously, we focus on, like, Donna, Rosie, and Tanya's friendship more, but we see, like, a rule of three happening in the musical a lot. So, like, we see the three friends with Rosa, Tanya, and um, uh, Rosie, and we see the uh, three friends, Sophie and her two nameless friends. I'm sure she has, they have names, but I'm not sure what they are. And we see, like, the three men, so, and Sky has two friends that are with him all the time, so all the friends congregate in threes, which is very interesting to me. But um, the way that they try to cheer her up all the time, the way that they're trying to inject humor in it, but still make it look like very soulful and very understanding and kind, despite like, you know, it being a little bit of a more humorous song is really nice. I feel like it's very genuine, like to how you would try to console somebody in real life. So like, I don't know about you, but like the first strategy is like to be understanding and then try to make them laugh, like once they talk Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, And I think that's like something that is really shown well in the song. And it's it's very nice. You get to see like how strong their friendship is. So moving to the next one, another iconic song, maybe the iconic song along with Mamma Mia. So uh, Donna is still down despite the beautiful number in Chiquitita. So uh, when they're unsuccessful, they ask her what happened to younger Donna. And uh, Donna says she grew up. And her friends say she has nothing to be ashamed of, of her past. And they sing uh, Dancing Queen, which is kind of like a hurrah to who she was as a 17-year-old. And that successfully cheers Donna up and she joins them in singing Dancing Queen. Oh my 
my god. Like, guys, it's like one good song after another. It's so hard to pick a favorite song, like I said. So without much saying, this is really one of the most famous and well-known songs, too. And I really like it. I feel like my mom actually has been singing the songs to me a lot, especially when I was, like, around 16, 17, just because the lyrics literally said, like, sweet 17 or something. Um, So... During that period of time, like, whenever I'm, like, down or distressed, my mom would be, like, playing the song and be like, hey, you know, you're young, whatever. And then at the time, I didn't really feel too much about it because I'm like, well, you don't understand it. Like, it's just a song. But, like, now thinking back, it's actually one of the really sweet memories I have that with my mom so now, sweet. I say. Yeah, and plus, I didn't really live with my mom since my childhood, and I'll only live with her since we moved to Canada, which is about when I was 15 or something. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the, I guess, rare memories that we shared a lot together. So that sort of moment is really nice. Anyways, but that is what the songs means to me on a more personal note. And in the musical or in a movie, of course, it's meant to be really bright. So I think it's really nice. One of the comments I had while I was watching a movie is they were jumping on a bed with their shoes on. And I thought that was such a (laughs) Caucasian thing to do. Because literally, like, the first thing I thought of when I watched that scene, and I was like, wow, if I jump on the bed like that, my mom's going to kill me. Or, like, (laughs) my entire family is going to kill me. For those who don't know, like, you're supposed to take your shoes off when you enter the house. You don't ever walk with your shoes on around the house, indoor, and not to mention you don't ever wear your shoes to bed. So it's a very cultural thing, I think. And it's actually very hard to imagine for me before I moved to Canada, I only watched it in the movie or like, I don't know, in France or something. So one of those like North American TV shows. Um, and it's always something that I wonder. It's like, how did they even clean this? But that's just a, <laughs> another note that I had while I was watching it. And I thought another note, which is really funny, is that so I listen to the song a lot without really knowing what a lyric says. But and I know that this is one of the most often misread lyrics or something, because for the longest time, I thought it reads, see that girl, watch her screen, kicking the dancing queen. But it's actually see that girl, watch the scene and then digging the dancing queen. And yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> So I was like, what does that even mean? Until I watched it with lyrics on. And I'm like, okay, now that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have that just because, like, obviously, as I said, when I watched it, my English was close to non-existent. So I had to have the lyrics on from the get-go oh, okay. in order to try to sing it myself. Because obviously, that's the logical thing to do when you watch it a musical, any musical, the first thing you will do is sing it from the rooftop. And that's exactly what you do with Dancing Queen. That's the uh, (laughs) the only thing you can do with Dancing Queen, in my opinion. So yes, it is iconic. It is an instant feel good. It's amazing. I was so happy to see like Donna cheer up in the end. Like it felt really earned after like it didn't work out with Chiquitita. And then like, they kind of try to go with Dancing Queen. And I liked how the fact that it was the upbeat or like the very probably one of the most upbeat numbers in the musical is the one that did it because I think that's what worked for me a lot of the time so um I really enjoyed it and obviously whenever you have somebody in your life who is 17 the entire year that they're 17 and especially when they turn 17 you will sing that um I don't know if you have other other songs 
that are like this for other years. I think my parents tried to do something like that for my Sweet 16, but I didn't know the song that they were trying to sing to me. So I was like, oh, okay, that's very nice. Yeah, well, Sweet 16 is not a thing in Asia, so like we didn't even do much. But why aren't you here for Sweet 16? I am, but like that doesn't change a thing. Like it's just not something that we celebrate, I think. Oh, okay, okay. True. So the only thing I could think about like is 21, which is like, again, from like a K pop perspective, and 23 by IU. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't think of any other English songs that was like, oh, 22, Taylor Swift. I don't actually listen to Taylor Swift a lot, but okay. You don't know 22 though? I mean, I do, but it's yeah. just not something that I'll play on and on. Okay. If if you have like a, a friend who is 17, you play this. I think if you have a friend who is 22, you will still play 22. <laughs> but um, this is obviously by um, magnitudes more iconic and amazing. Nothing else to say about it besides love, love, love. Amazing. Deserves all the accolade. It is like amazing, show-stopping, never gets old, etc. So, um... We cut after this to Sky and Sophie preparing for their bachelor and bachelorette parties. And uh, Sophie is kind of insecure about the wedding and about Sky staying with her. And I think that's because, like, her dad's are resurfacing, even though it was her own idea. And they sing Lay All Your Love on Me to affirm their love for each other. I think it's a really cute number, but what do you think? The music itself is nice. I like listening to the song, and I think it's a very nice song to listen to, but the message behind it, I'm not very sure. So, actually, I wonder how sustainable and stable their relationship will be, because then again, right, Sophie's only 20. I'm not sure how long they have been dating. I'm assuming it's not very long, and it's very obvious that their relationship is still at that very passionate stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am not sure, like, if you make a decision while you're still obviously madly in love with each other, I don't know how things will turn out once that passion starts fading out. But then again, it's just me kind of thinking on the side. So if you're just purely going in to watch the music, uh, sorry, the musical or the movie with the mindset of just purely wanting to enjoy the music and you don't want to think too much, then obviously all these points are extra, right? Like you don't really have to think about it. Mm-hmm. But for me, I like to explore the message behind a musical or like even just a song number. So that's why I think too much. So this, I'm just saying it out loud in case there's somebody thinking that, Claire, you're just overthinking and gosh, can you give us a break? Like, it's the purpose no, of this podcast. It is the purpose yes. of this podcast. What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, for me, I really don't understand why it makes sense for the two of them to make that decision at this stage. And even though this is a very classic like love number, like a love duo number, but it's just on the back of my mind, I always question like how stable and how long-term can these be so just on the personal note I don't agree with what they're doing here I mean it's cute to watch two of them being like so cute and puppy love but it's just for me I wouldn't make that kind of call when I'm still in a very obvious passionate stage of a relationship and the other note is that I'm not really sure what happened by the end of the song in the movie when like the men kind of comes on with the neon color swimming suits and then they started doing all this like really weird thing and then eventually jump into the water. I have no idea what that was about. But in the musical, you do get an explanation of that, that being one of the tradition on the island. Yeah. So you do understand what 
that whole the neon swimmers are for. But just in the movie, that was never explained. So the first time I watched that was so confused, and I was so weirded out too. But the physical comedy is there, and it's really funny. It was just very confusing for me、um, because they didn't explain why. <laughs> I can see where you were coming from. So. Um, we will talk about the song that leads up to this one afterwards. But "Lay All Your Love on Me" leads to "Super Trooper," and "Super Trooper" happens at a bachelorette party. So for me, it made sense that like the men that were there like were members of the bachelor party, and it was like them carrying Sky and doing all that kind of stuff is like oh them taking Sky to his bachelor party, and that's why they were there. But I kind of understood. Personally, that like yeah, when yeah, but like why the swimming suits and jumping into the water? Maybe he likes swimming. Like for me, I didn't want to swim, but like <laughs>、um, I can see where you're coming from.、So、like, like an interesting way to like look into the island tradition. It was a, it was actually a lot of fun to get more of an idea of what happens in the island. It gets you like like more oriented with the culture. So I do appreciate the、uh, background that they've given in the musical. In terms of the song, totally agree with you. I think it's very adorable and very cute because it's puppy dog love. And I also enjoyed, obviously, dancing in there. Just like apart from the music, I think that really made the number a lot more endearing. And the music itself is obviously superb.、Uh, but as I mentioned, like before, I do think that one of the lesson of the musical is that. You you gotta wait. <laughs> you gotta wait, sweetie. You're very young for this. You need to discover who you are as people,、um, specifically Sophie. And that's that's kind of like how her situation with her dad is being resolved and addressed. Like Sky later on says that finding out who your dad is not, is not gonna help you figure out who you are.、Mm-hmm. And that kind of gives her an inspiration or understanding that she's not ready herself. So I definitely think they address it later on, but I do think that the number looks very sincere. It looks like the chemistry is there. You get to see that they truly love each other, and even though they aren't necessarily mature enough to get married, I do think they have a good foundation.、Um, they seem to support and trust each other even through hardships, and even if one of them messes up a little bit. So I do think it's very cute. All right, so. We do go from this to Super Troopers, so we cut to Sophie's bachelorette party, where、um, Donna and the Dynamos are performing their number, Super Trooper. Song itself again, I like it. It's very nice. But imagine your mom comes up with her friends singing at your bachelor party. I don't know how I would feel about that. Actually, I do know. I'll feel pretty embarrassed. <laughs>、um, <laughs> so putting myself in Sophie's shoes, I don't know if I'll enjoy that kind of performance. I think it's very sweet if it's、mm-hmm. somebody else's. And from that. <laughs> From that、uh, perspective, I think it's super sweet that they're having a moment together, and this is something a memory that they will never forget. 
because it is one of the big night for Sophie and having her mom up there on the stage to support her like that I think it's a very sweet move and it's kind of cute it's very nice too mm-hmm. um, but just for me personally I'm a very low-key person so I feel like I wouldn't necessarily enjoy that I, I can see that. I mean, I think it is really cute. I don't think I'd mind if my mom did this. I I would support it. And I think it's very cute that, like, they dressed up. They, like, making fun of themselves to an extent, but also get to live their glory days from when they were young and have a cute reunion. So it means something to her mom as well. And I think Sophie recognizes that. And in terms of, like, the music itself, Super Trooper is actually one of the numbers I do really, really like, even though it's a bit low-key. I think it's very catchy, very interesting to listen to. And um, I listen to it pretty frequently, to be honest, because it's just a very soothing and relaxing number, but still being a beat. I have a heavy bias towards a beat song, so <laughs> this musical is definitely up my alley. <laughs> All right, so we're going to the next number. And um, after this happened, Donna sees Sam, Bill, and Harry crashing the bachelorette party, which is women's only party, as we know. And the ensemble sings Gimme, 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 A Man After Midnight. Sophie talks to all three of her dads as they finally piece together that they are her fathers. Um, what do you think of Gimme, Gimme, Gimme? Um, I feel like music-wise, I still enjoy it, but mostly just because I'm familiar with the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought like in the movie how it was portrayed was really weird to be honest the girls seem so desperate they're like tying up billy uh sorry bill and harry and then started touching them and stuff so uh, it, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable to be honest i never really attended a bachelor party so i have no idea what was supposed to happen um and if this is normal then sure let it be but it's just it's not a big transition actually as a matter of fact I don't think in Asia we ever have a thing like this, to be honest. So this is a very foreign and culturally shocking concept, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen it and like, what was the name of that movie? Um, It was like one of those movies that this is like those crazy, crazy bachelor party. And I, I have no idea how true they are. Oh, the Hangover series? Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, I assume most bachelor parties are not going to be to that extreme. But I have no idea what is considered like a normal activity at those parties. So if you guys know, you should let me know because I have no idea. And I got <laughs> most of my friends are not married yet. So I'm not invited to any of those. So yeah. I can't really speak from my personal experience. All I can say is that it's not an Asian thing and I never really been to one. Mm-hmm. But from what they portray in the movie, it seems very desperate and crazy. So it got very wild. Um, and that kind of got me uncomfortable. All right, so for Gimme, 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 um, I really enjoyed the song. I actually really, really like the number um, out of like the non-big musical numbers. Um, and obviously it's not necessarily because of what's happening there. I, to be honest, maybe haven't noticed that like they were groped by the women in there. Uh, I hope that's not something that happens in actual bachelorette parties. Um, yeah, it's just very upbeat, very fun to sing. Like, if it's part of your party playlist or a part of, like, feel-good playlist, it's definitely deserving to be there because it's so fun to listen to. So in terms of the next song, which is the name of the game, so going away from the party a little bit, Sophie kind of, like, takes Bill 
for um, like answers and she's asking him who her father is, how he feels about having her as a daughter um, with the song name of the game. And then she asks Bill to give her away. And I want to mention that he is apprehensive of Donna's reaction and all of them were apprehensive of Donna's reaction at one point or another. So the men, the dads are a-okay. Um, Sophie, a little bit childish. As we go on and see, like, this is definitely shown as a mistake, um, especially in Act 2. And this is part of the mistake that kind of, like, gives her character growth later on. And the character growth semi-culmination in this case is her asking her mom to walk her down the aisle, which is the proper and right thing to do. But before she kind of, like, understands anything about herself and is still, like, conflicted and learning and is growing she asks all the three other men or two of them actually ask her and um and she asks bill and in the name of the game she says i'm a curious child beginning to grow which is true (laughs) it is true this is her beginning of growth she Mm -hmm. makes a mistake and she grows from it so i approve of it and also i think the name of the game is a very sweet song i like it i don't like it as much as the rest of the songs like even though I think all the songs are excellent in the musical version and one in the movie version, this is on the lower tier of the excellent for me. What do you think of the name of the game? I think this is a very good song because, like, good in terms of, like, the message, I think, because mm-hmm. it is a beautiful song that is used in a way that highlights the way Sophie feels about herself. So yeah. in that sense, I can understand why she feels like there's a part of her missing. And her need to get that part of her back is also understandable. I just mm-hmm. don't think it's very mature in a way that she she did it by potentially hurting the people that matters to her. Mm-hmm. Well, we have, like, I guess, similar ideas of what is happening. But I think mm-hmm. I have a lot more forgiveness towards Sophie than you do to an extent. You definitely do, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you're, like... As you mentioned, you used to see it from Sophie's perspective, and that's maybe why you feel a little bit betrayed by her actions now that you encapsulate it through Donna's perspective. For me, I mean, I wouldn't say that I see it through either perspective. Um, I kind of like try to sympathize with any and every character. Even though the musical is depicted a lot of the time in media as just pure fluff, and inconsequential they have really nice character growth and a lot of really important moments like moments that you don't see in really critically acclaimed movies out there and is ignored a lot of the time so you get to see Sophie from her immature time to a midpoint where she understands that she fucks up but she is growing and she acknowledges this and then to her you know making up for all of her mistakes and I really appreciate the fact that she does all of this and she does all of this successfully and is so resilient throughout it I have a big appreciation for her even though obviously I acknowledge that she does mess up royally Mm -hmm. um all right and yeah obviously because of that and because it's literally in the number here i do appreciate the name of the game even though musically it's a little bit uh for me compared to the rest of them it's still a good song and it is very narratively important it is included in the soundtrack for the movie so it was recorded it was just cut um but if you listen to the soundtrack of the movie rather than just the movie itself or in addition to the movie itself you will find it there all right, and then we're moving on to the last song of Act One, Voulez-vous. So um, the party continues with Voulez-vous. Um, the Bachelor boys crash the party too. Sam drugs Sophie aside and confesses that he thinks 
he is her father and offers to give her away as well, and Sophie agrees. And Harry also finally pieces together that he is Sophie's dad and he's super duper excited. And he also says he will give her away. So now she has three dads, all three of them think they will give her away tomorrow on her wedding day. What do you think of Ulivu? Um, Music-wise, I actually don't enjoy it all that much. I mean, I still, it's okay to listen to, but it's just not my top five. Mm -hmm. This is in comparison to all the other songs in Mamma Mia. And because there is a lot of big numbers, iconic numbers in this musical, like, I feel like in comparison to those, this song is not that impressive and I don't necessarily want to listen to it again um, on my roadshow playlist. <laughs> and that is my benchmark, okay? But okay. this is just me. Personally, I really, really like Vulevu, um, but that's because I have a big bias towards uplifting, fun, upbeat numbers. And this is definitely it. So the song selection from like the Abbott discography is really well done when they created the show because I think every single moment is chosen very carefully and particularly and exactly the right time. So I commend them. And musically, I like it a lot, but I agree it's not for everybody. All right, so act two, we have Entract and that's just orchestral, and then we open with Under Attack. So Sophie wakes up in the middle of the night and sings Under Attack, um, I guess about her feelings and how conflicted she is about promising all three dads to give her away. So this is another missing number from the movie. Yes. And uh, I think this is actually used in the background um, Mm -hmm. as Sophie realizes that what she has done and she begins to panic. (laughs) <laughs> on the stage version, it's used in this very strange, very comical way because it is a nightmare scene, right? So, yes. like, we see, like, the neon color swimmers, her mom and dads and her fiancé, like, haunting her. And I guess, like, the, the neon swimmers really left an impression on Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she's dreaming about them in her nightmares, too. Uh-huh. And I probably would have if I didn't expect that. <laughs> At all, just like a group of random swimmers came up that would definitely makes me wonder at night too. But mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, vocals okay. I'm not too impressed. I feel like I generally don't really like the musical version Sophie's voice. You will have all that a, much. such a fun time when we see Anastasia. <laughs> really? Oh my god. I guess. I mean, I watched her live, right? But uh-huh. uh, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm curious to see how you'll react to her when she has, like, 75% of the songs. Oh, my God. Well, that would be another time in another episode. So, guys, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not a big fan of her vocal. I enjoyed the Donna's vocal more, I think. But it's weird because I always imagined myself would prefer the musical singing more than the mu- movie's version. But I feel like the movie really did a good job. Yeah. I mean, I feel, I guess, a little bit the same because the song doesn't have a lot of bearing on the plot. So it doesn't really have an emotional connection. I enjoy the song itself as a song, but I don't think it's necessarily had to be there. Um, So maybe the movie did like a good thing by cutting it. Um, Okay, so from Under Attack, Donna finds Sophie outside the taverna, and she apparently sleepwalked uh, during her nightmare. Um, Sophie is having second thought about the wedding and is kind of blowing up on Donna. 
Um, guy in a bachelor party shows up after a night of shenanigans, very, 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 very drunk, and Donna sorts them out um, after the argument that she had with Sophie. Afterwards, Donna kind of sings One of Us, where she laments her love with Sam. Okay, so first of all, this is a song that was cut out from the movie again, but I think they include it in the sequel. Um, but it was a duet between Sophie and Skye. So instead of just being a solo for Donna, it was changed to completely something else in the mm-hmm. sequel. So not sure how I feel about that change. Um, and since we're not talking much about the sequel here, I'll just leave it there. Yeah. I'm glad <laughs> that I actually didn't have Donna sing it in the first movie because I feel like the song didn't really fit the tone of the movie in general. Like the movie itself is a very upbeat um, musical that based off the stage play. And I do feel like the overall feeling is very bright, even though there are uh, emotional moments and even like sentimental or I guess more of the depressing moments. Mm -hmm. But in general, most of the times, like the songs are very upbeat and very energetic. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do feel like the tone might be a little bit different than the overall image they were trying to paint for the movie. So I understand why they leave it out. So uh, I like the song. It it made me feel all the feels. I thought that it was very, very sad. I felt very, very sorry for them. I could totally see the yearning. It really humanized Donna, um, for me at least. I thought it was sweet. So Sam shows up and tries to reconnect with Donna, and Donna rebuffs him, um, and Sam kind of tries to move her by reminding her of his love for her with the song S.O.S. <laughs> Thoughts about SOS? I like it. I really like it. I actually <laughs> really like it. I feel like Me I said too. that three times. I love SOS. And I really, really do. Yeah, it's just such a nice duet. Then again, in the movie, I absolutely hate it. <laughs> because it just sounds so horrible. I'm so sorry to, um, what's his name? Uh, yes, to his fans. I'm really sorry. But I just personally don't like his it's singing. It's acting for him. It's not yeah. about the- yeah, I, I can see why people like his acting. I want to say something about the acting, though. Okay. So, to me, it was very, very clear that he was British and trying to put on an American accent. I don't know if it was the same for you, or maybe he wasn't even trying to put on an American accent, it was just a faint British accent, but his Britishness was very clear to me. Really? I mean, I'm not great at detecting accents, so I didn't pick it up. But I have to say, like, he ruined the song for me. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, I like it. I, I think the song's really nice when it's not sing by him. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I really, really, really like SOS. Um, I know, I know, I know that he is not <laughs> a singer in the movie. I know. But consider the musical, consider the real version, ignore the terrible singing. I'm sure we have all heard um, parents, uncle, aunties, friends sing off key before. We can survive it. We can appreciate a song for what it is. And it is a very, very strong, strong, strong song. And it does a lot to kind of like elevate Sam even further, even more, especially in the movie version, because I think they focused on like him being the one that Donna will choose a little bit less in the musical. In the musical, it was crystal clear from the beginning. So especially in the movie, it was important. And you get to see their chemistry and the yearning they have for each other and kind of like recounting the good good days. So narratively, it is important. Musically, it's a straight up bop. And even him, he cannot ruin it for me. So it's good. <laughs> okay. Wow. That is some love for the song. It's a good song. It's a good song. It, it is um, a good song. I, I'm going to defend it. Yes. So... Um, after that, we uh, cut to one of Sky's friend hitting on Tanya, and um, Harry goes to Tanya to seek advice on what the father of the bride should do at a wedding. And just as an aside, um, beside the fact that I stand Harry because Colin Firth plays him, I thought it was very sweet. So um, meanwhile, Rosie and Bill come back from the fishing trip they had and they're really really flirty with each other very cute and um sky's friends return to hit on tanya again and she sings does your mother know um because sky's friends are much younger much much younger than her and she is um she's donna's age obviously and they're sophie's age so could be mother and child relationship almost in in this sense um and in the middle of the song they also have a very nice dance break um and I also really appreciated the belting in the end in the musical version. I think it just for me is weird mm-hmm. to have a relationship with somebody so much younger than yeah. you. Okay. But then again, it's I'm not it's not ageism or anything, but just personally, it's not something I would do. So it's uh, interesting to to see it happen. Uh, but yeah, musically it's okay. It's an okay song. The movie singer. So, like, the the version of the movie, it's also okay. So, yeah. I mean, I don't really have too much of an opinion about this one. Uh, I'm going to leave it there. Okay. Yeah, I I enjoyed it because it's fun. Obviously, it's uh, wildly inappropriate, and that's the joke. Um, Yeah, I think it's just, like, to make it a little bit more lighthearted because a lot of heavy things are happening meanwhile. And um, it's kind of like a break from that. Um, from that, we cut to Sophie chasing after Sky, and she finally confesses to what she's done, and she asks for his help with the conundrum she's in, so who will give her away at the wedding? And Sky asks her why didn't she tell him this happened over the course of three months, so it's a lengthy period of time, and she never told him. And uh, obviously Sky is really rightfully angry, and Sophie is distressed because she doesn't feel like she knows who she is. And Sky tells her, um, this kind of information doesn't really come from knowing who your dad is. It comes from knowing yourself. And um, he asks how she would feel in the situation. And he is also second guessing the wedding now. So as they're arguing, Sam kind of interrupts and um, Sky leaves and he gives his advice to Sophie, recounting his own wedding and divorce experiences in um, Knowing Me, Knowing You. 
I think this is a nice song to have because it does add more to the character of Sam, and it mm-hmm. does allow the audience to see more into his past.、Um, for me, in the movie alone, I feel like Sam, Bill, and Harry like there is very minimum character development or even just the description of the character. We know Sam is the main love interest of Donna, but like other than that, we don't really know much about him. And I feel like as a person, like there is very minimal opportunity that we get to see what sort of person he is, and it makes the happy ending a little bit less convincing just because like we have no idea who this dude is, but he claims that he loves Donna, so I guess it worked out.、Um, but having this song. Uh, added to the stage version, or like not added, but like included in the stage version, like really allows you to understand him a little bit better. So、mm-hmm. I'm glad to have the opportunity to learn more about him as a character. And I guess I'm also glad that it wasn't included in the film because then it means that we'll have to listen to Pierce singing it again, and I feel <laughs> like I couldn't take it. So,、uh-huh. <laughs> so the less that we get to hear and sing, the better it is for me. But that's just me. And I think in general this. The song sounds nice.、Um, mm-hmm. It's very emotional, and it's a very rare solo number for a, a male character in this musical because it is very female heavy based.、Um, mm-hmm. So we don't really get to hear a lot of the male solos, and is one of them. So it's very very nice. Yeah, I mean, musically it's like still good, but it's one of my bottom. Songs.、Um, I didn't connect to it as much, but I think narratively it makes a lot of sense. You get to see um, um, Sam kind of acting as a dad or giving like dad advice to her, which is good because that's the whole purpose of them being there. Like you get to see each of them acting a little bit as their da- as her dad and giving their stage advice and trying to console her and、uh, work through everything. So this is a very dad moment. But apart from that, I don't really have much to say about it. All right. So after the song, we cut to Donna getting dressed for the wedding. Harry barges in to give Donna a check, which is what he was advised to do by Tanya, and he does that for all the years he missed as Sophie's dad. And Donna goes to refuse the money, but Harry reminds her of a story from when they met, and he's happy to see her smile. Uh, for once, and hopes she could smile more. And he sings "Our Last Summer" to remind her of the t- their time together. I really like this song. To、Thanks. be honest, I really like it. It sounds so nice. It's very cute. It's very slow and sweet. And like I mentioned earlier, this is one of the song that is really different in the movie versus in the musical. So in the、yeah. musical, obviously, this is a song shared between、um, Harry and Donna, but then the movie is shared between the three men and Sophie. And、yes. I think I like both versions just because in this version, obviously, it. Has that short, sweet moment of what the past looked like for Harry and Donna, and even though that we know for a fact that there is no romantic attraction between the two of them anymore,、mm-hmm. it is still a very nice message because it's pretty much saying that we had a good time together, and now I want to see you have a good life. Yeah. So it is that very positive attitude towards each other and giving hope. 
and good wishes for mm-hmm. each other. So I think it's very, very nice. It's very hard to imagine, to be honest, having somebody who like share a very brief period of romance with you, like 20 years ago, to continuing to care about you and to wish you a good life. I think it's very genuine and、um, very sweet. And in the movie, I also appreciate it because it shows you sort of like a montage of like the three men sharing their moments with Sophie. And、mm-hmm. it's very nice because it is a relationship building number that was kind of missing.、Um, and since that, thank you for the music was removed. It's also used to kind of truly show off the stunning location in the movie、mm-hmm. as they kind of explore the island together and providing like the tiny looks into the past of the three dads and their relationships with Donna. So I think for that matter, it is also a very nice opportunity. To kind of show that sort of like dad slash daughter relationship in a way,、mm-hmm. and it's it's very cute in my opinion. Okay, yeah, I agree. I mean, this is a very very cute number, and it's very important in both productions. So obviously, in the movie production, it's a moment between Sophie and her dads, which they didn't get,、um, and in the musical version, it's a nice moment、um, of Harry and Donna together. Um, and it humanizes, I guess, Harry as one of the dads because each of the dads actually gets like a number, right?、Hmm. So、um, it's important for that, and you also get to see how important Donna is for everybody. Like, even though this is about Sophie and she does get a lot of the runtime, almost all the people there are there for Donna. So Donna's friends are there because of Donna. The dads are there because of Donna. So you get to see how important she is as a person and how beloved she is, which I thought is really really nice. So after that, we get a tearjerker of a moment. So Sophie enters as Harry leaves, and she is carrying her wedding dress and asks her mom to help her get ready. And Donna talks about her own relationship with her mother, as you mentioned before. So her mother did disown her when she learned about Donna's pregnancy, and despite that, she never once regretted having Sophie. At the end of the song, Sophie asks Donna to give her away at the wedding, which is obviously the right thing to do. Yes. And Donna, yes, and Donna sings "Sleeping Through My Fingers," fingertips. Sorry. Yeah, I like the scene when、um, she was helping Sophie dress up. I think it's.、Mm-hmm. Obvious that it's your mom who should give you away,、um, without saying. To be honest, the music itself is great. I, I think it is one of the emotional moments in the film because it is included in the film、um, to kind of show that relationship between the mother daughter, and、mm-hmm. that part I really appreciate. And I think even though I'm not a mother myself yet, but <laughs> as a child, I also feel the same way about my parents. So like this、yeah. lyrics. Speaks to me a lot,、mm-hmm. um, since I only see them like once a year, and now with COVID, I haven't seen them in like a couple years already.、Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, those moments pass through very, very quickly too. So imagine if it's your parents, and then within the, just a couple years, you can turn from a child to now an adult and like、mm-hmm. ready to leave and have your own life. So that feeling must have been stronger for the parents, that's for sure. But even just as a kid, I feel like. This lyrics also speaks to me a lot, and、um, I find it very relatable as well. So when it speaks to me, like it touches my heart, and I feel very personally connected to the song.、Mm-hmm. And I think that is a big part of why I appreciate the number very much. Yeah, personally, like tearjerker of a moment, as I mentioned before.、Um, this moment really wants 
like it it compels you to call your mom or to run and give her a hug it just makes you feel like you have such a deep appreciation to your mother and all she sacrificed in order to have you regardless of you know whether she had you while her parents disowned her and she had nothing or if she had you um while being married and having her life together like the sacrifice is still there and i think anybody can relate to this and really empathize with the song because it's it's so universal i really like the song um but i wouldn't listen to it too too often because i don't know how much i can handle listening to it because of how emotional it is so um in terms of what comes next so sam comes in and asks if donna is giving sophie away and when donna says yes he asks um why doesn't her dad do that um why would her dad do that her dad was never in her life but okay so uh donna says he isn't here and sam says he wants to give her away and uh says this is actually about him and donna so donna starts singing the winner takes it all the gods may throw the dice their minds as cold as ice and someone way down here Um, this is a really big song. It's like a big emotional number. Uh, right after having slipping through my fingertips, they have this. So, um, they really are going towards like the climax of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, I like it. I do understand how that she would feel the way she does because maybe she feels used, maybe she didn't know about the fact that he had a fiance before they got together. Um, and then she was put in the situation of being the other woman. It must be very, very difficult for her. And I can understand why she's carrying that throughout her life. And maybe 20 years is a bit much, but um, I understand what it means to her still. And I think it's an appropriate song to have it there, despite obviously being very beautiful vocally. So um, after that, as I mentioned, things really start to like become a lot more um, breezy and airy and fun. Um, so we cut to the wedding. Bill enters and shows um, Rosie a note that Sophie sent him, changing her mind about who will walk her down the aisle. Rosie tells him to sit his ass down and talks to Donna at the end of the wedding. And then Bill talks about his thoughts about marriage in general. He says how he's a lone wolf. And Rosie, who is also a lone wolf, sees the chemistry and start singing Take a Chance on Me. Musically, it's nice, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't like how it was presented, I think. Me neither. Especially in the movie. I feel mm-hmm. like if the role was to reverse and it was a man harassing a woman like this, this mm-hmm. would definitely be sexual harassment. And if somebody sings like this to me, my first reaction would be to run Same. as far away as possible. So I have no idea why Bill in the end accepts her. Um, but for me, it was very random and I didn't I didn't like it. I feel like she was forcing herself onto him and um, I just didn't really appreciate all that much. And I personally also find it weird to date or to go after your best friend's former love interest, uh, no matter how long ago that was. So for me... Knowing my partner and my best friend had a history together makes me quite uncomfortable. But that mm-hmm. is just a personal preference, I guess. There are people who are okay with 
this kind of stuff, but I'm just not the type of person who would do it. That adding up together just makes me don't really enjoy the song as much. But if you're just listening to the music itself, it's quite nice and Mm -hmm. I like it. But you have to be taking yourself entirely out of the context of the song. Yeah, think musically it's fine, but I didn't enjoy seeing it. It was very cringy to see it, yeah. especially um, on film, like in the movie. Uh, I didn't enjoy it. I thought like, oh my god, this is sexual harassment. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, I was very concerned for Bill, <laughs> to be honest. So, um, yeah, I didn't think it was very, very appropriate, and I didn't like how it was played for laughs. But obviously, because the like musical doesn't take itself too seriously, that is what is going to happen. I think they just tried to lighten the mood, but they definitely missed with how they did that. Um, yeah, a bit problematic, but yeah, we can move on from it. Um, all right, so the members of the wedding ceremony walk in on them um, after they get together, and uh, the wedding begins. So Donna walks Sophie down the aisle, and the wedding down uh, the wedding vows begin. So Don interrupts the vows to tell Sophie her dad is here. Sophie confesses that she invited them, so everything is out in the open. All her dads stand up, and Donna says she doesn't know which one of them is her father. And Donna finally pieces together that that's why they're all here in the first place. So um, Sophie asks Donna um, for each other's forgiveness. And um, Sam stands up and asks if it's true that Donna doesn't know which one of them is the dad. And Sophie defends her mom, saying that if he hadn't dumped her to marry another woman, it wouldn't have been like that in the first place. And we find out that he was engaged to another woman. Even though that happened, he came back right afterwards, telling his fiance he can't marry her. But when he arrived, Donna was already with another man. And he went back to marry his ex-wife then. So Harry cuts in to say that Donna was his first and last girlfriend, girl he ever loved because he has a male partner now and he is happy that he has Sophie and wants to be a third of her dad. So both Sam and Bill agree that, and they're all happy to share Sophie and all be her dads together. And Sophie says she doesn't really care which one is her father either. She just wants to get off the island and see the world character development right there um, she asks Sky to call off the wedding so they can go travel together which is something that we've seen Sky want in the beginning as well so that's nice and uh, before the wedding is officially cancelled Sam proposes to Donna and she accepts with I do I do I do and the wedding's their wedding ceremony commences what do you think of I do I do I do all right so before I comment on the song I just want to comment on what happened here Sam said that he left Donna to work on his engagement to the other girl and he would come back later and it was actually Donna who left him. Um, so he had to go back to his previous but life. But he didn't and, know. Yeah, but that's the thing. I don't understand. Like, if you love somebody so much and you decide to leave to work on your previous engagement, whatever, like, wouldn't you tell the person to wait for you? And even if he hasn't sorted that out and it's only after he went back home, he realized that he Mm -hmm. actually really fell in love with Donna and she's the one he wants to spend. Okay, so that's the case, right? Like, when you come back to the island and realizing that somebody else told you that she has been with somebody else already. Like, wouldn't you go to Donna and be like, try to win her back? But he just went straight back home. No. So Donna, after this traveled with like people. So if you remember in our last summer, the one when she's with Harry, so the musical version, she didn't stay in the island. 
No, she stayed on the island, right? No, no, no. She didn't How... stay in the island like after they left. So they went to Paris together, for example. So obviously she came back to the island ultimately. But right after when she met Bill and, Sa- and um, Harry, she wasn't on the island at the moment. So he asked somebody and that somebody t- told her, told him that she left with another guy. Oh, okay. Well, so I think this is very different these... compared to the sequel right yeah I mean if you remember in yeah. our last summer they kind of like they sing about Paris and being in Paris together walking like down the Seine River so yeah okay okay going back to I do I do I do in the movie I actually thought the song was pretty boring and it's not just because of the vocal again mm-hmm. um it's also because the song is rather short and yeah. it was repeating like the I do I do I do part and that was it but in the musical, however, it was extended and, and it sounds so much better because now it's not only longer, but it's also like there is more people singing in the background. So like it feels more like a song rather than just like the two lines that happened in the movie. I agree with you. So I think in the musical, it makes more sense than in the movie. Um, and it does sound like an actual full fleshed song rather than just like a few lines. Um, and I and I like it. It's not one of my top favorite. It's not like in the bottom. It's okay. But speaking about it, about the um, next song that happens. So and the next song that happens happens in the movie and not the musical. And that's the song that I've been saying the entire time that I feel very uh, about. And um, it's when all is said and done. I'm not going to say much about it, but it's a song between Sam and Donna. And since it's only in the movie, it's only Pierce. Brosnan sings it and not like the musical actor as well so it doesn't sound very good and the song is kind of like drab it's like not interesting to listen to in my opinion if do you have anything to say about it no (laughs) okay cool (laughs) and then we finally go to the very last song which is I have a dream um so in the movie they uh play in the beginning as well so it's kind of like a call back to what happened but in the um Actually, in both of them, that's exactly what happened. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) never mind. We finally see Sky and Sophie with traveling, like, backpacks as Sophie sings I Have a Dream. Um, Her dads come uh, in to hug her one by one, with Donna finally saying her goodbyes as well. And the assembles uh, sings as they close the show. Yeah, I like the, the fact that they did a callback. I thought it was very nice that you close with what you open. Um, It kind of like brings it all together and you start like off in a okay, but like could be better way. And you start off and you end with like an ideal version. So I thought it was very sweet Um, and it's okay. Musically, I don't have too strong feelings about it. I generally just love this musical and I think that you guys can probably tell because I've been telling you like I love this song I like this song it sounds so nice and really like (laughs) and that kind of thing um and obviously I watched the movies like more than just once and um I never seen the musical in person so I feel like that is something I really would like to do once we get out of the COVID I think the main difference between the stage show and the film adaption of the Mamma Mia is the character development. Because when I was only watching a movie, like it, there is very little time spent on exploring or building up other characters. But in the, um, sorry, the musical version, actually, every character kind of has their own story. And all of these stories kind of come together to form the Mamma Mia that we all know and love. Um, and these stories could appear 
unimportant at times, I guess, and maybe some people wouldn't be too, too interested in them. But I think they make each character very much more realistic and very believable. Even the seemingly less important roles like Eddie and or like what's what's their name can't remember their name but um sophie's friends they kind of each have their own little stories so for example the character of eddie he barely gets mentioned in the film despite that he was uh one of this guy's best friends and he actually kind of likes sophie's friend ali so i thought it was a very cute little details that they add to the musical but unfortunately they just don't have enough screen time I guess in the film to include all those details. Yeah I completely agree with you. Honestly I think they did a very good uh, job adapting the film the musical to the film and they're not too dissimilar. So obviously because the musical has a longer runtime, uh, you will get more character development and they had to shuffle things around for the movie, but they are very, very similar to each other. So what I would suggest for you to do is since the movie um, compared to the musical has less character development and have a little bit less details that can be useful, like for example, um, when you mentioned that they give the background of the traditions of the islands for the bachelor parties, cute things like that, I would recommend for you to... Uh, see the movie, then go see the musical, and then come back to the movie with that kind of knowledge. It really helps, like, give you better understanding of what's happening, but is not necessarily, like, makes you think, oh, this wasn't in the movie compared to the musical. I really feel like missing. Like, it's just, like, there to give you a bit more perspective. So, um, personally, I do have a slight preference for the movie compared to the musical, um, because I think the movie production is so well done. The acting is amazing, and I really like all the actors they chose for the role. It does have a little bit of a caveat, a caveat with um, Pierce Brosnan singing, but I can <laughs> let it go. I don't mind it too, too much. So, do you want to proceed to the final rating? All right, I'll give it 9 out of 10 swimmers. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd pick that. I knew you'd pick that. <laughs> I was going to pick it if you didn't, by the way. <laughs> yes, I actually also give it 9 out of 10 character development. Nice. <laughs> all right. So that will be all for this episode of Mamma Mia. And if you want to discuss this episode with us or you wanted to recommend another episode for us to cover or talk about any previous episodes we did cover, please feel free to reach out to us on Podway Podcast. And you can do that through Instagram, through Twitter, and through Reddit. And you can also email us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.